Welcome back to Magna Vita. I'm Alex Olson. Every Tuesday, we share the best practices and principles from the week's top podcasts. Every Friday, we share a bonus episode to help us build a great life. Last Friday, we talked about how Walt Disney was fired for a lack of imagination and how his first animation company went bankrupt. This week will be our fifth book review. Every other week, we'll be reviewing a book we just read. This week, we read The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People by Stephen Covey. It was published in 1989, and it still is widely quoted and cited as one of the best business books. It has sold more than 25 million copies worldwide. And to be honest, it was deeper and better than I thought it would be. The title sounds a little bit like clickbait, but it's profound and powerful. It's also extremely influential. As I was reading, it was interesting to see how many things I'd heard before through other people and how many people had used these lessons in their life to become very successful. One example is the general that I currently work for frequently shares principles from the book. And to give an intro for the book, in general, Covey is arguing against the personality ethic. So he argues against trying to become more charismatic or different things like that. He's arguing against the short-term fix in favor of the character ethic. So he says that if we become the right person, then everything else will go better. And we won't necessarily have to think of a catchy sales pitch or something like that. It will just come from who we naturally are. Another key part throughout the book is the importance of a paradigm shift. So he says a paradigm is how we see things. And how we see things determines what we think, act, and say. And so he says it's so important to recognize what script we have and how we view the world and that that can change how we interact with it. So I'm not doing it any justice. I definitely recommend reading this book. But there's, uh, so we'll go through the seven habits and there's three main parts as well. So hopefully this will help you as we all strive to become better people for those around us. The first part of the book is independence. And he talks about it as a private victory. He's really just talking about self-mastery. He talks about how we have to become the right person before we can work well with others, before we can have that public victory that he'll talk about later. And the first habit that he says, and these habits build on each other. So he says the first place to start is to be proactive. And he talks about how many people wait for something to happen or someone to take care of them. But he says people who end up with the good jobs are the proactive ones who are solutions to problems, not problems themselves, who seize the initiative to do whatever is necessary, consistent with correct principles to get the job done. And what I really liked about this is he talks about a circle of in, our circle of influence versus our circle of concern. So he says proactive people focus their efforts in the circle of influence. They work on the things they can do something about. The nature of their energy is positive, enlarging, and magnifying. 
causing their circle of influence to increase. Circle of concern, on the other hand, are all those things in our life that we can worry about and stress about, but we also can't change them. So when we focus on them, it brings us down and it limits what we can do in our life. And another part of this I thought was powerful was the idea that our circle of influence helps us to deal with regret. Covey says, for those filled with regret, perhaps the most needful exercise of proactivity is to realize that past mistakes are also out there in the circle of concern. We can't recall them. We can't undo them. We can't control the consequences that came as a result. And so I really like this principle and I think it's a great place to start because it empowers us to change what we are currently dealing with. And Covey recommends that we just try it for 30 days. He says, work only in your circle of influence, make small commitments and keep them. Be a light, not a judge. Be a model, not a critic. Be a part of the solution, not a part of the problem. The second habit that Covey talks about is to begin with the end in mind. To introduce this habit, he talks about an exercise where he says to imagine your funeral. What will people say about you? How will you be remembered? And I know this seems a little dramatic, but I also think it's a powerful way to show ourselves what really matters. He says, if you carefully consider what you wanted to be said at your funeral, you will find your definition of success. And I love this idea that it strips away everything else that might seem important, like a job or a promotion, and it helps us to focus on what really matters to us. And maybe to put it more simply, this idea of beginning with the end in mind is to envision what we want in the future so we can work and plan towards it. And I really like this idea because he talks about the ladder of success and he says it's incredibly easy to get caught up in an activity trap, in the busyness of life, to work harder and harder at climbing the ladder of success only to discover it's leaning against the wrong wall. And he continues, he says if the ladder is not leaning against the right wall, every step we take just gets us to the wrong place faster. I love this idea because I think it's so easy to get caught up in the daily grind and to be busy and feel like we're being productive. But if we're beginning with the end in mind, it forces us to take a step back and to think about what really matters to us. And Covey says, beginning with the end in mind empowers us to write our own script and it helps us to follow our own path and not one that somebody else gives us. And to finish this up, he says, the most effective way I know to begin with the end in mind is to develop a personal mission statement or philosophy or creed. And he says the best way to do that is to focus on your roles and goals. And so you could focus on your role as a parent, as a husband, a spouse, and also a role as an employee or an employer. And you could set specific goals for those different roles to accomplish. But as we begin with that end in mind, we'll be able to stay focused on what matters most to us in our life.
The third habit that Covey talks about is to put first things first. And I really like the quote that he starts this chapter with. It's from Goethe and it, he said, things which matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. And to explain this principle, Covey talks about the Eisenhower matrix that we've covered before on the podcast. And it's the idea of separating things that we need to do into four quadrants, whether they are urgent, not urgent, or important and not important. And so I know that's a little confusing and it's harder to, I recommend Googling it. It's a lot easier just to see a picture of it. But the main takeaway is that we often focus on things that are urgent, but not important. And instead we should focus on things that are important, but not urgent. And this proactive work will prevent fires from popping up in our life. This isn't easy to do though. Covey shares a quote where someone said, the successful person has the habit of doing the things failures don't like to do. They don't like doing them either, but their disliking is subordinated to the strength of their purpose. And so what he's saying is we need to have a strong purpose or a strong goal that will help us to say no to the other things in our life. He says, you have to decide what your highest priorities are and have the courage to say no to the other things. And the way you do that is by having a bigger yes burning inside. He says the enemy of the best is often the good. And I really like this idea that we have to prioritize and focus on what matters most. And one way to do that or that can help us, he said, is to keep in mind that you are always saying no to something. So if we're constantly doing those things in our life that are only good or okay, then we're going to be saying no to those things in our life that are best. And so this is a really powerful principle that we should try to focus on putting first things first. The second part of the book is interdependence or working with others. It's what Covey talks about as the public victory. He says private victory precedes public victory. Self-mastery and self-discipline are the foundation of good relationships with others. And to help accomplish that is the fourth habit which is to think win-win. Covey says this is a frame of mind and heart that constantly seeks mutual benefit in all human interactions. And I like this idea because he talks about how a win for all is better long-term for the relationship and for you, that you'll be able to get a better solution when you work together. And I really liked he talked about how essential to this idea of win-win is the abundance mentality, the paradigm that there is plenty out there for everybody. And Covey actually came up with this idea and I really like it. We've heard a great talk from someone from Chick-fil-A, one of our favorite companies, talk about this idea and I think it's so empowering because it frees us from this idea that we're constantly in competition. And I'm all about competition. I think it's helpful and it can push us but it also helps this idea of the abundance mentality 
helps us to focus on what we can control, on competing with ourselves, and recognizing that if someone else wins, that's not a loss for us, that we can both win and succeed together. And the last part, I'm sorry about that, something from the computer popped up, but the last quote from this, Covey says, the essence of principled negotiation is to separate the person from the problem, to focus on interests and not on positions, to insist on objective criteria and to invent options for mutual gain. The next habit, habit number five, is one of my favorite because I think it's one of the ones that I'm the worst at, as Sarah can tell you. It is to seek first to understand, then to be understood. And so to summarize or to intro this habit, Covey talks about imagining going to the eye doctor, going to an optometrist, and imagine if you sat down with that person and they didn't test your eyes, they didn't have you read any charts, and they just gave you their glasses and said, these glasses have worked so well for me and I know they'll work for you. And so obviously we could try them on and they wouldn't work because our eyes are different, we're in a different situation, and it wouldn't help us and we would become frustrated. And Covey says, you don't have much confidence in someone who doesn't diagnose before he or she prescribes. But how often do we diagnose before we prescribe in communication? We want to rush in and fix, but we don't even understand the problem. And I really like this idea because I think this is something, don't want to generalize, but I think men might struggle with a little bit, and I know that I definitely struggle with, is we want to fix and we want to help, but if we don't understand the person and the problem, then we'll be diagnosing, we'll be giving them our glasses that might work for us, but might not be helpful at all for them. And so to change this, Covey recommends using uh, empathetic listening to genuinely understand a person and their problem. And it goes back to a quote that I really like that says, people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And I just had a great example of this at work where today we had a two hour meeting and these people were really nice, good people and they were talking about their organization and at the end of the two hours, they asked how they could help us. And I realized that they were trying to be understood. And I think that's how a lot of us are because we want people to understand us and where we're coming from. And so I don't blame them. I think it can be more comfortable sometimes to talk about ourselves. But because they didn't try to understand our situation and what we needed, those two hours, I'm not gonna say they were a waste, but it was really tough because a lot of times they were talking about things that just didn't apply to us, that couldn't help us, unfortunately. And I thought about how much different and honestly shorter that meeting could have been if instead they first tried to understand us and our situation, and then if they tried to be understood. So I hope that wasn't too cliche or, or too up in the air, but I really think this is a powerful principle that if we try to understand those around us, instead of just making assumptions and seeing them and immediately going to our situation and what we've dealt with, instead if we try to understand them, then we can truly help them. 
The sixth habit that Covey talks about is synergize. So I know this is an incredible buzzword and I think it's become overused, but I think 30 years ago, this was probably an incredible idea that Covey started. And he says that synergy simply defined is that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And he says the essence of synergy is to value the differences of the people around us. And it's the idea that we should combine the strengths of people through positive teamwork and that together we can be better. But to do this, he talks about how we have to be vulnerable and we have to be willing to talk about our weaknesses and our struggles so that other people have the strength to do the same. So again, I know this is a buzzword, but I do think it's a helpful idea to recognize how we can't go through this life alone and how by relying on others, we can get better results and a better solution than we ever could alone. The third and last part of the book is continual improvement. Covey says, be relentless in the quest for improvement and continuous self-renewal. And to do this, we need the seventh and last habit, which is sharpen the saw. And this comes from the metaphor and it's a quote, famous quote from Lincoln, where he said, give me six hours to chop down a tree and I will spend the first four sharpening the ax. And so the whole idea behind this is that to be sustainable and successful in the long term, we need to take time to strengthen ourselves and we need to continuously do this so that we can be effective. Covey says, balance and renew your resources, energy and health to create a sustainable, long-term, effective lifestyle. He says, find balance through the four dimensions of our nature, physical, spiritual, mental, and social. And he, he describes what he calls the daily private victory, which is taking an hour every day to focus on the first three of those, our physical, spiritual, and mental life. And then when we do that, we will become renewed and we will have the strength we need to continuously improve. And so in closing, I wanted to share a quote from the book that is from Ralph Waldo Emerson. Because I think this can be a bit overwhelming. These are seven powerful principles, but it can be hard to know how we can change and how we can actually apply these in our life. Emerson said, that which we persist in doing becomes easier. Not that the nature of the task has changed, but our ability to do it has increased. So I love that idea that it's not going to be easy in the beginning, but I think it can be really helpful to just focus on one or two of these habits and try to take small daily steps. And then we can see how they change our life and how they help us both personally and professionally and how they help us both in public and in private so that we can have those victories that Covey talks about. So I hope that this helps a little bit. Again, I would definitely recommend reading the whole book. It's powerful and there's so much to it. And this can just scratch the surface a little bit. But we really want to thank you for listening. We know that everyone is busy and it means a lot that you're here with us. And thank you for sharing and for reviewing. 
Hopefully this can help someone to build a great life this week. And have a great weekend. We'll see you on Tuesday.